as artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore, AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing. They're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is supported by Trustonomy, an original podcast from OneTrust. Every good relationship you have, personal or business, it involves trust. But we all know that trust doesn't just happen, right? We've all lost trust in a friend or a brand or a product. Trustonomy is a new podcast that looks at true stories from the past to understand how trust works and what makes it stronger and how to rebuild it when it's broken. Now, you know, I'm a sucker for a good podcast that weaves historical stories and relates it to what's happening today. So I thoroughly enjoyed this Trustonomy episode and recommend that you check that out as well. Search for Trustonomy in your podcast player. We'll also include a link in the show notes. Many thanks to the One Trust team for their support. Then it hit me. Oh my God, Kimberly, you are doing something that has an 80% failure rate and that only 0.2% of black women are able to raise money. Of course, it's hard. Of course, it sucks. And then after I sort of had that epiphany, I was like, okay. I'm still in. So Mike, last Thursday, we received an email from a listener who was concerned that we were focusing too much on diversity, not enough on inclusion. Um, and as part of that two-part diversity and tech series, we we re-released last week. Yeah, I remember that email. And uh, first of all, I love the feedback because how are we ever going to make these conversations better for not getting that feedback? And, and I could yeah. see that. I mean, we had that one part that was discussing the issues that we saw with Stripe's diversity program, um, because without 
representation and leadership, they're less likely to be promoted at the same rate as their white peers. Yeah, and you know, I mentioned that actually, and but she was right, right? Diversity is only the tip of the iceberg. Um, so we exchanged a couple emails and I did something that I don't usually do. Okay, what did you do? <laughs> no, nothing bad. Okay, <laughs> right. okay. I was inspired, so I invited her to share her story of being a 16-year executive at Verizon, turned founder of a new startup, raising capital, living outside of Silicon Valley while being a black woman who historically, they receive less than 1% of VC capital allocated in a given year, all at the age of 53. Wow, that is definitely impressive, and I'm ready. Let's get into it. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. So Kimberly Moore, she's a, a 53-year-old executive director of the federal government division at Verizon Wireless. She's 90 days away from a promotion into a vice president position, but she has this nagging sensation that now is her chance to do something that she's never done before. All right. I'm guessing this isn't bungee jumping. <laughs> that is correct. So one day her sister was in a bind and she needed help getting her daughter from school to practice. And she was held up at work almost an hour away. Ugh, okay. That is not good. Yeah. As parents, we can relate. Yeah. Right. Totally. So, um, so Kimberly gave her niece the ride and half jokingly, your sister said, you know, you could really make some money doing this. Um, but Kimberly had already seen an opportunity here. Just put together a really cool, you know, uh, scheduler, payment tool, uh, trip route uh, tool for parents, and a website, called it the Mom Valet, and rolled it out on Facebook as a joke, really, to my friends, and my page blew up. And they were like, oh, my God, are you in Virginia? How many people on your team? And I was like, oh, gosh, this is real. Now, Kimberly has to make the tough choice to leave Verizon and pass up on the promotion. I was 90 days away from being promoted to a vice president. And um, just a seemingly, you know, clear opportunity. Uh, but I also was faced with a, a personal problem in my life called a marriage that was dissolving and had to make a choice. And uh, I had to bet on myself, essentially. And betting on myself um, was, listen, this has been a great gig. I've been very successful. I'll be able to do it again. I got to go. She takes the next 14 months working on this as a side hustle. She tries several different angles to make it work as there's a lot to unpack here. This is like Uber, but for children. So you have to solve the trust factor, the safety factor, uh, and figure out how to monetize it. But in this exploration process, she found something she wasn't necessarily looking for. So I was looking for some software. I thought I'd find some open source software and didn't and uh, found Carpool to School at the exact moment that the founder was looking to sell her company. And I thought, okay, I am an entrepreneur for two personal reasons. One, I heard a guy do a, call, a talk that said, opportunities of a lifetime have to be seized in the lifetime of the opportunity. And my own personal decision not to live in regret. So hearing uh, her tell me she wants to sell her company, do you want to buy it? I 
thought, oh my gosh, that's an opportunity. And so two of my mentors and I put together the deal. And in 90 days, I acquired Carpool to School. I acquired Carpool to School, financed half through the the uh, founder and uh, paid cash for the other half, raised it through friends and family and uh, thought, wow, okay, this is real. Carpool to School was ahead of its time in terms of the business model. Their customers were actually the schools instead of the parents themselves. The schools pay for it. They offer it free to parents and they could charge them. But I think that what they understand is that um, for what it does cost is an annual subscription based on the um, enrollment of the school and a district uh, play. It is an implementation fee for the district, an annual school subscription based on enrollment, and then a per user um, fee, an annual fee. So if you think about a school bus route, which is about $36,000 per route per year, um, our platform costs are significantly lower than that. So she goes ahead and finalizes the deal. So I pivoted from that idea of being like an Uber for kids to totally focus on building a national brand, um, creating the reality of sustainable multimodal transportation across the country for schools, in particular in districts specifically. Um, as we were starting to see uh, that school districts were really uh, spending a lot of money getting kids to and from school on a bus. But you know what? The bus isn't the way kids get to school in America. It's their parents. 54% of all kids are driven to school and only 33% take a bus. So there's $22 billion invested in the school bus industry with only 33% of those kids taking a bus. So we're solving the problem of how do you help those 54% of those parents be able to take their kids to and from school, but share the load, be able to find the parents in their community to do that with and to do that safely. The school uh, subscribes to our platform. We create a marketing suite of tools for them to be able to uh, launch it to their school community. We do success campaigns to help with onboarding and you know, creating a new standard of transportation for their to and from activity, but also from school to um, home because some kids can't participate because they don't have a, a ride from school to their home after the activity. Now, this mission, around access and opportunity is something that Kimberly is passionate about solving. Her business model significantly cuts back the cost of transporting children to school by leveraging a network of parent drivers who are already mobilized, and it helps to replace a legacy bus system that isn't flexible enough for the demands of the modern student. The work is ingrained in Kimberly, and we'll find out why after a quick word from our sponsors. Sixteen years ago, Kimberly met a young woman who she became a mentor to. I mentored a young lady, and still do. Met her at 16, she's 32 now. Um, court involved, seven felony arrests um, when I met her. Hispanic young lady. She is just crazy amazing, okay? Um, she has got grit like you would not believe. She's four foot nine stunning, beautiful young lady, but she's got 
fire that's crazy. Now, she didn't have the role models in her life at the time to help guide her until Kimberly. This is the messy part of mentoring is that uh, for young people who aren't uh, really don't take seriously people who want to invest in them, the first part of it is they don't believe you and they just keep rejecting you, right? You're not serious, you're not serious. So you have to hang in there because it's, it's brutal. She didn't have the resources to afford college and she didn't have access. And access opens opportunities that people, they didn't think were possible. She is the first person in her family to graduate from high school. First per person in her family to go to college, graduate from college. She's in her third year, final year of pharmacy school. First person in her family to buy a car. So from there, her sister, who's younger than her, graduated from George Mason University. Uh, she's going to law school. I mean, so it just changes everything. So education, even if it's not traditional, even if it's going to general assembly, it doesn't matter. Um, it changes everything. And so we want to be a part of that change. You invest in us, you send kids to school that they might not have been able to go to, and you're going to be a part of helping people get out of poverty into wealth creation for their family. That is incredible. So through Kimberly's work with her and showing her how to navigate and access these different opportunities in life, she's changed the trajectory of both her and her sister's lives. And who knows how many other people will be affected by her story along the way. And then we got to talking about diversity and inclusion. And to me, it all relates back to why she's pursuing this problem to solve with Go Together. It's great to be invited to the party, uh, but once we get there, um, help us get included into the room, right? Um, we're capable, we can do that. And so as you know, I was invited to a conference where they're reaching out to people, women of color, great opportunity. But when I show up, and this was actually in Europe, um, when I show up, I'm gonna be looking around. Like I, I need, to, everybody's looking for a tribe. Um, be part of helping me get into that community. So I suggested, hey, since you've made the incredible effort to get us there, um, how about you tell us what you're hoping for our experience while we're there and create a specific opportunity for us to get involved? Not something special, but just say, here are four people on our team. Person number one, take these two entrepreneurs, introduce them to the, these three investors and just do that, right? Organically through your group um, so that we can then take it from there and start building relationships. So include us. It's again, a leveraging of that social capital and get okay with being uncomfortable, right? We do it every day. So get get uncomfortable with being uncomfortable. And guess what? Over time, you'll be comfortable. So I related these experiences back to the mission of Go Together, where Go Together is making sure everyone has access to the party. Then we need to do the work of making people feel included. Right. Yeah, there are countless children who aren't able to participate in activities because they simply don't have access. They literally can't get to the location of the activity. She's opening up those opportunities for these children. All while building a profitable business. And I, I don't want to gloss over that, right? This is a B2B venture that she's built a scalable and profitable model around. Coming up, we'll discuss raising money as a black woman founder living outside of Silicon Valley at the age of 53. 
So raising money is never easy. Raising money outside of Silicon Valley is even harder, as, as you know, Mike. Yeah, I had to go through it, and I even wrote a book on the topic. <laughs> right, but now we're talking about raising money outside of Silicon Valley as a black woman in tech over the age of 50. One might say the odds are against her, but not Kimberly. We're more seasoned entrepreneurs. So we are in relationships with people who have a, a net wealth that they might be willing to you know, invest in this. And quite frankly, um, the majority of the people who are uh, in our investor um, group are African-Americans. And um, they are friends and family who uh, believed in us, believed in our vision, saw that uh, this was an opportunity for them to build wealth in a way that they hadn't done before. And they have been very consistent. Uh, we did a, a small initial round, and then they've since um, invested beyond that. They've raised $450,000, largely through this friends and family network. This alone is an incredible feat. I mean, not many entrepreneurs can get to this level and now she's looking to raise a bigger round, about $2.2 million from the larger venture community. I'm just looking for my people, right? And when I say that, I'm not saying black people or anything. I'm saying people who get what we're doing, who believe that um, with me, that I'm the one to do it, that, um, that we've demonstrated that we've been able to build out a platform, attract and keep customers for, you know, three and four years at a time. Um, and that all we need is an infusion of capital to take this thing to the next level. Are you with us? Right. Um, and, and so that's who I'm looking for. So as I do that, I, I'm very strategic about it. I think this is one thing that age does give you is you, you figure out where to invest your energy and your time. And so I look at firms and groups and I look and see who the makeup of their group is, right? And if I don't see any women and I don't see any people of color, I typically don't try to get connected because I understand that it could be a little harder. I could spend more time. Uh, I might not be a part of their investment thesis and it's okay. But I know my people are out there, so I'm looking for them. And through this process, she's already learned a lot, and she had some insights on how the VC community can better support founders of color. You know, I've had the absolute pleasure of working alongside a lot of people. I've been in majority culture environments my entire life. And so uh, I'm not surprised by unconscious bias, but I have discovered it in a whole new way, right, at, on this journey. And I would just say to investors that are out there, um, there are a lot of founders of color, like myself, a lot of women out there who, because they have limited access to capital, have become very efficient, uh, think very creatively about how to grow and scale their businesses. And that because you might not have a personal experience with them, um, that to check for any unconscious bias, literally, you get a deck, you see it's an African-American team or founder, um, is there a check for you going, mm, I don't know. Or I would say even for um, investors who potentially know other investors in a category that, you know, a founder may be talking to you about, that you'd be willing to lend your social capital 
right? Because that is really, we'll take it from there. Because we know, we already know we have to be better than everybody else. And, and we're fine with that. Um, but we, we can't create access on our own. We need to have someone who validates who we are as people. And they're not saying, listen, you're going to do a 10x return because they can't guarantee you that. But what we would ask them to do is to leverage their social capital. And you asked her what VCs are missing out on through this bias. There are a ton of opportunities and markets available that the average VC is largely unaware of. I think you're missing out on, um, well, the thing that's top on your list is, can we be successful? Can we make money in a particular market that we're not making money in right now, or we may not even know about? I think one of the explosions that's happened is in the black hair market, right? If if you are unaware or not associated with women of color, hair is everything, okay? Even though I don't have any, but fair, hair is everything. And women invest thousands of dollars every year, tens of thousands every year in hair alone, right? And But you, if you are not part of our culture, you really don't know that. Right. And so when people who are majority culture people understood how much money, then those entrepreneurs started to get an infusion of cash. Right. Even for beauty, makeup and so forth. Another part of our community that's huge. So there could be um, financial returns that you would never have been able to come in contact with. There could be problems that you never knew needed to be solved. Um, because of it. And if you have an interest in making a difference, um, there could be social impact that you could be a huge part. Now, while Carpool to School um, is not designed to be a social impact investment, we realize that we create a, a big difference and have a social impact. Why? Because with school choice, um, being available to everybody, not everybody gets to take advantage of it because transportation is the barrier. It's the number three reason for why a parent chooses or doesn't choose, parents of all colors, um, chooses or doesn't choose a school or an activity. So if I can't get to that school, then it's, it's horrible. So if I could partner with other families that are also going to that school, they could be coming from my community going to that school. I won't know about them unless you have a tool for me to meet them and one where I could trust it. So uh, we're solving a problem in our case that has a significant um, growth opportunity, but it's also solving a real social impact because education is the trajectory out of poverty. And it's also when it changes for one child and a family, it makes it possible for everybody else who sees, oh, wow, okay. I found her story and message truly inspiring. And it, it takes a lot of grit to start a venture like this against the current, so to speak. Yeah, multiple currents, really. And now's our time to listen. And so we're going to bring you a few more stories of black founders here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Walker and Company, Backstage Capital, and more. 
If there's a company you'd like to see us cover, shoot us an email. You could email us at team at rocketship.fm or hit us up on Twitter at rocketshipfm. We'll see you back here next week for another installment of the ninth season of Rocketship FM focused all on product journeys. Thanks so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM now has a premium ad-free feed. All you have to do is go to glow.fm forward slash Rocketship and subscribe. It helps support the show and it gives you an ad-free experience. You actually get an exclusive feed that you can listen to on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, and Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective, which is a community for software product people. Product Collective is also the home of industry, the product conference, industry virtual workshops, and one of the largest Slack groups for product people anywhere. And we're also on the Podglomerate Network, so a huge thanks to Podglomerate. You can listen to all the Podglomerate shows at thepodglomerate.com. We'll see you here next week on rocketship.fm.